With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everybody and welcome to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Roundup Show here on the Geek Ultimate Alliance Network. And this is a show that's going to deal with the books that came out November 18th, 2020, this past Wednesday, New Comic Book Day. And we have a bunch of books here to talk about, some big ones, some small ones, some that play with rocks, you know, all that stuff. But before we go into that, let me tell you a bit about myself. My name is Jim. I have a coffee here, and all we had, I usually drink coffee black. I decided I was going to have some creamer, stuff like that, and my my wife ended up getting this Almond Joy creamer the other day. I talked about it on some other podcasts. It really pissed me off. I don't like Almond Joys as a deal. I think they're one of the worst, worst candies. I mean, if you don't like mounds over Almond Joy, you're working with the devil. Uh, But with that, I ended up, Deciding, well, I'll drink my coffee black like I usually do them because we got nonsense creamers. And my wife's like, no, no, try this. And then hands me a coffee with pumpkin spice. I don't like, she knows I don't like pumpkin spice. I don't like anything pumpkin spice. I don't care what time of year it is. It's nonsense. So there you go. She's like, it tastes like fall. I'm like, "Uh, no, it tastes like crap. I know that we can curse here, but I didn't want to say it. How dare you? Tastes like shit is what it tasted like. Yuck. So I ended up pouring it out. (laughs) She could have washed the the cup with her tears and then poured myself a black coffee. So I'm ready to go, but I'm struggling. Struggling this morning as I do this. This little intro that's only a couple minutes long. This is my fifth attempt. I keep messing it up. But I'm going to tell you where you can find us and, and you can yell at me. You can go over to Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. If you follow us 100%, I will follow you back. If you talk to me, I'll talk to you. I think that Twitter is supposed to be a social platform, so I do like to use it as that. And 
It irritates me when I see people bragging about how many people follow them and they only follow three back. Those people are what I like to call assholes. So I'm going to go full out. I'm telling you, I said last week, I didn't know that this show was allowed to be explicit. Here we go. But you can also go to our website, Weird Science. See, this is why I ended up having to keep recording. I'm not going back again. If I mess up, it's going to keep on going. WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com, where we have news, previews, and reviews uh, each and every week. So that'd be awesome if you go check that out. Also, we have a regular feed for our main podcast, the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. If you look up in your players, Weird Science Marvel Comics, you'll find it right away. And we have three shows each week, Wednesday night. We have a show with most of the books that came out that day. Besides, then going into Saturday, we have a Star Wars comic show. And then on Monday, we have an X-Men comic show. So we tried to deal with, eventually throughout the whole week, all the books that came out or very close to it. But that's that. And I'm going to jump into these books Right about now. And we'll start with Juggernaut number three, written by Fabian Nassesa with art by Ron Garney. And I started off this miniseries. I liked it. I thought, okay, how are they going to do a Juggernaut book that can sustain for even a miniseries? Because he's unstoppable. What else are we going to get? And and I was intrigued. You end up having him work with damage control. He, to go pretty much tear down buildings, he's almost like Miley Cyrus. He is the wrecking ball. And with that, okay, how are you going to sustain that? You end up introducing a character named D-Cell, a young girl who everybody thinks is a mutant, but you keep getting this, she's a mutant. No, I'm not. You're a mutant. No, I'm not. And she has a weird voice for a teen girl. But that is a intriguing deal only because her power is deceleration, decel. But yet you're not using that that much with Juggernaut himself. And so this book is kind of just there. It's nothing that is so intriguing that I have to tell everybody to read it. But it's good enough for me to keep reading it and still talk about it. This issue, you have Kane Marco Juggernaut. He is on trial little civil trial where he is being blamed for the destruction of a a construction site back in the day while he fought spider-man and he needs to pay money for it i mean this isn't stuff that really intrigues me it's supposed to i guess maybe necessa kind of being oh look this is the ramifications of these superhero villain fights and look at here this is what would really happen but I want to know where Spider-Man is, which you can't really have because of secret identity, things like that. So, you know, poor Kane, he ended up in this this fight with Spidey, fighting him and then ending up in the concrete and got stuck in a block of concrete for a year. He should be the one suing, right? Where are the guardrails around the concrete? I don't know. Were they there? OSHA better be there and get, you know, a little bit of deal going. But with that... Okay, here we are. We're in a trial. It's not really that intriguing or anything great. Now, the trial gets interrupted by an attack by quicksand, and then you end up having Juggernaut, D-Cell, everybody going out to try to stop the quicksand and doing it as a team, which was kind of cool. Again, you still get the, she's a mutant. No, I'm not. You have all that going on, but they do end up being able to stop 
quicksand in in an awful way where they decapitate her and then don't allow her head to reattach while they then take out these isotopes because they say she is being controlled. Oh, my God, this isn't like her. You have Kane say, I know quicksand. And she doesn't usually sound like that. I think she's being controlled. Let's get these isotopes out. Let's figure it out. And by the end, it seems as if they figured it out that it's all Hydra Nazi Arnim Zola who has a super powered prison cell super soldier program going on where he's there to up the ante and control these bad guys and gals. Okay, it's it's okay. You also through this, what I'm more interested in is you do see a little bit of flashback vignettes of Kane going and getting the juggernaut armor after he came back from limbo, doesn't have the gem. He's getting the bands of Sidorak that makes up this armor. It's okay again. It's nothing that's mind-blowing in my mind, but you get to see it. Overall, though, this book kind of just is there in the middle for me. It's nothing that I would say to somebody, you got to read this, but it's okay. The art by Ron Garney is a little bit muddy for my liking. And in the big fight scene with Quicksand, it does end up losing a bit of the zeal of this big fight when you have a lot of close-ups. You have close-ups on Juggernaut's back. You have close-up D-Cell's face. Uh, I like when I get my big fight scenes. And this is big. I mean, Quicksand's huge and knocking buildings and stuff like that. But I'm not getting the full scope of it. And I, I really didn't even like the choreography of the fight scene. It's just kind of there. And And again, that's the whole book. It's there. And with it interrupting the trial that I didn't care about, you then go out thinking, okay, that that trial was actually made to not really care much about because it was going to get interrupted with a big comic book fight and let's go. And that wasn't great either. So overall, I'm a six out of 10 on this. And if somebody pressed me and said, oh, should I read this? I'd just say, you know, check it out. I wouldn't go and and suggest it. But if you are interested, if you want to check out Juggernaut, see what's going down with it, yeah, check it out, but yeah, it's nothing that really wows me. And when it when it's over, unless these last couple issues end up really wowing me, I'll have forgotten about this within two or three months and somebody'll mention it and I'm a dummy. I can't remember anything. It goes with my attention deal as well. I mean like what? Juggernaut had a book, and then I'll start rereading. Ah, I remember this. I remember this, and I'm gonna stop. But we'll go off now. To the next book And the next book is Fantastic Four Number 26 Written by Dan Slott Art by R.B. Silva Boy, that issue 25 Really got me back on board with this book I was excited Now, Dan Slott had come out and said to You know, everybody he hasn't blocked on Twitter Which means three people He said, oh my, three people That I haven't blocked But I got an itchy blocking finger right now So don't say anything I... I'm going to change the landscape of the Fantastic Four forever. This issue 25 is going to be huge. It it did seem like he needed to do something in that issue to get people back. I, I do not hear anybody talking about this Fantastic Four book at all. Now I, I heard them talking this week in, in a bad way, but I end up where Fantastic Four coming back to the comics was so huge. People have been waiting for it and wondering, is it the movies? Are they trying to screw things around? All that. So coming back... Such big hype. I did like the book at first love, the Ben and Alicia wedding. But then I started to fall off because it just wasn't that interesting. And Dan Slott started doing things that weren't necessarily focusing 
totally on the Fantastic Four, and it just ended up losing too much focus for me, and I, I bailed. I wasn't reading it for a while. I ended up catching up to read, and, and I, I, I'm going to tell you right now, a lot of times you bail from a book, and then something big's going to come out, so you catch up. And a lot of times you'll hear even people on podcasts, oh, man, you know, when I caught up, I didn't realize it had gotten so good. Oh, man, now that I sat down and was able to marathon these things to catch up, it really was a good story. Not, not for me. I, I really was still pretty bored going up to that 25. Well, we get to the issue 25. I love that you end up having Reed. They make this forever gate, Val, all these things to break down this big bad that also takes the powers fully away from Franklin. Let's see what's going on with all this. In my mind, taking Franklin's powers away, it, it's a shame. But we, we've had him not quite have his powers for uh, two years now. So let, let's get on with something, hoping in my mind that this is a way to build the powers back, like some sort of way Reed figures this out, and not have it so overpowered. You have Franklin, who's so overpowered, you can't use him. So they always have to figure out a way not to. That's the worst. And then just end up depowering. Oh, if you use your powers too much, they go away. Well, it's finally happened. Let's see what's going to go on. And what goes on is a bunch of bullshit, and it sucks because I like Franklin, but we'll get to that in a minute because you end up having this forever gate where Reed, Val, they they end up making this, and it can take them anywhere at any time. So when you have that, that's exciting for the Fantastic Four, a lot of adventures. But it also, on the flip side, anybody, any alien, they could come to Earth and attack at any time. This is an open door to anybody either way. So... The Fantastic Four have been standing guard outside. They're taking shifts, things like that. Um, but they also they have a press conference where Reed starts going like an evil scientist, cackling at times because you know he loves this gate, but he's got to reassure everybody on Earth that it's not a threat to anybody because they're guarding it, but also saying, we're going to take it apart eventually. We're, we're going to have to. But you do end up seeing that Val... Always smarter than what anybody knows because she's always skeeving and conniving and rhyming and stealing behind this. She ends up knowing and having a beacon that she can use to, for the gate. She knows how to use it. She can go through this gate and go wherever she wants. And what she does is goes off to Arboro's world. And Arboro is the prince who ended up telling Val that they will. Later on, when they get older, they will be married. They'll have a life together. She'll be his queen. All these things. Well, she goes, and it, it's almost like one of those things where you go and visit your girlfriend, boyfriend a, in college, and they don't know that you come and you go in, and you know there's seven other people there with them, and you're like, oh my god, they, they don't love me. Well, this is a little different because Aboro. This planet, like, he has concubines. And when Val says, wait a second, I was going to be your future queen. She's like, yeah, one of them. You were going to be. So it's a little bit of a culture shock for Val. She cries and goes off. And when she gets back, she blames Franklin because he did make these worlds in this crazy Franklin verse deal. And so she blames him. You did that. He's like, listen, I, I didn't do exactly that. But. You have a way to go through the gates, and his eyes light up because this is his way to go to Krakoa. And we've had a bunch of things. We had a mini series by Chip Zdarsky where it was X Men versus Fantastic Four, and it was all about Franklin. Where is Franklin going to be raised? Who's going to raise him? Because 
the mutants think, hey, he's a mutant, an Omega-level mutant, which they're going to want. We'll raise him so we can develop his mutant powers and he'll be with people like him. Franklin ended up being like a dark teenager type deal where he's listening to mutant music. He's got, you don't understand me anymore to the whole deal. But you end up having it that where Franklin goes to go through the gate to go to Krakoa and he ends up not being able to because Reed ended up putting a dampener on him. So he couldn't that cause problems. You know, it's almost like you find out that your parents have a GPS chip on you that you didn't know, things like that. Well, we have this going back and forth. Well, now that Franklin lost his powers last issue, but thinking he could go to Krakoa and they could help him out, he ends up deciding he's going to use this gate. He's going to go to Krakoa. And then in the mind, all of a sudden, Xavier pops in like a creeper and a peeper. He just pops, oh, by the way, I was watching you, and I realized what I'm like, you are a weirdo, Xavier. But Xavier says, listen, and this is, it's bad. And, and it's bad in the concept, but it's also bad in the delivery because it's just thrown at you here. It's just put at your feet, at like Dan Slide. Here, you like Franklin being a mutant? Well, check out this. But boom, and then walking out like it's a mic drop or something where Professor X says, you were never a mutant. You're not a mutant now. It's not just because you lost your powers, but it is because you only wished to be a mutant as a kid, which because of your powers ended up changing your molecular structure, but you're not a real mutant, so you're not allowed to go to Krakow. We're not going to help you, and yeah, I hope you find out something. I'm out. Doesn't even offer like any suggestions. It's just like, no, we're out. We got stuff to do. Sayonara, sucker. And then there you go, Franklin. He He ends up where... If you like Franklin, you have dealt with them nerfing him this whole time, not using him because of it. And then you just, oh, yeah, all that stuff we're going to wreck, Connie. He's not a mutant. But boom, it's bullcrap. It's real bullcrap. And really what this issue is, including the Aboro deal with Val, it's it's spring cleaning. This this is house cleaning. And why do you want to do that after such a great issue number 25 where you introduce this forever gate that seems so cool? And then just use it to house clean loose ends, most of the stuff that they ended up, the Fantastic Four, leaving behind in the beginning when they did come back to Earth. Leaving behind people from the Future Foundation, you know, Dragon Man, Laser Fist. They're all characters that they have left behind in the multiverse deal. And with this Forever Gate, you would have liked to have Reed say, hey... I've been thinking about all these people we left behind, and let's go get them. You know, like Kirk Cameron left behind. Let's go. But it takes parents, you know, the powers, Alex Powers' parents showing up. Hey, uh, can we get our kids back? Oh, yeah, I forgot about them. You end up, hey, uh, yeah, um, Anomi's father from Wakanda, you have her as well, future man. Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll get her. Uh, you know, you end up, Dragon Man, he just comes back because they do open up the gate and the future foundation come back, including, like I said, you have Laser Fist, the scroll that at a point had married Johnny in the guise of being Alicia. This is stuff where Sky, you know, the love of Johnny's life there, she is already getting irritated that Johnny doesn't seem to love her as much as, you know, she loves him. And it seems like these are just things so Sky can leave. It's it's Dan Slott. He's gotten the book too full. He's got too many loose ends. Let's use this gate to, to do this. And it's not that interesting, and it's infuriating at points. Uh, you end up then 
having just a bunch of aliens coming through this gate. Oh, my God, we're being invaded. The, the aliens of all the. Oh, no, no. And then you're like, no, that doesn't seem like an invasion. That seems like refugees. And they are. They're refugees from the universes and planets that Franklin had made. So they're coming through this gate. Why are they doing that? Because we're going back to Griever. If you read the Fantastic Four back uh, when it started this deal with the Fresh Start stuff, Fresh Start and all that, you'll know who that is. She's back, and she's back without Franklin having powers. So again, but it's that isn't interesting to me. You're going back to something that wasn't that interesting anyway. But it's kind of a, a tie-in. Oh my God, what are they going to do? What's but really, I have that 25th issue where I was all excited, getting ready for this, and then the first thing you do is house cleaning. I don't need that. It, it, it's like, you know, Christmas Day is coming up and Christmas is coming up. And I'm like, hey, my, my wife, Tanya's like, oh, I can't wait. You've been pushing this present, this present that you were going to give me. I'm like, oh, man, it's great. It's so great. And then on Christmas Day, she, she gets a vacuum and I say, get to it. Start cleaning, baby. And yeah, she wouldn't be too happy with me. She'd probably punch me in the face. So, yeah, that's what this felt like, a punch in the face, especially for Franklin fans. I'm giving it a five. Out of 10, the art's good. It's just, I don't need after this big deal to just be okay, let's tie up loose ends with it and also, you know, pretty much retcon Franklin to uh, nonsense, nonsense. And I think that the Aboro stuff with uh, Val, all that's gonna be is that they're gonna just take down that multiverse stuff, and that's another loose end to take care of, and then Val won't be that upset because. He was a womanizer, so she won't be that sad. But with that, we're going to go off quickly to another book. And the next book is Widowmaker's Red Guardian and Yelena Belova, number one, written by Devin Grayson, pencils and inks by Michelle Bandini. Double threat there. Uh, This book was going to come out when the Black Widow movie was going to come out. Uh, It was one of those, hey, let's do a one-shot with Yelena Belova and Red Guardian. Maybe we'll grab some people who watch the movie, want to know about these characters. There's not much to this issue. There's really not a lot for Red Guardian. So if you're here for Red Guardian, you're not going to get much. You might be upset. If you're here for Yelena, it's okay. You end up finding out a little bit about her, but she ends up getting a job from this billionaire where he wants to know what's going on in Antarctica at a S.H.I.E.L.D. facility. This is something that you play around with a lot in the books now with S.H.I.E.L.D., Hydra, all of them, you know, kind of kaputs where you have these facilities things. So when you want to have some bad guys doing something, you can always have them do it, especially with these spy-like characters who were always involved with that. So what are they going to do besides? So you end up having her being sent. Can you please check out what's going on? Well, when she gets there, she realizes this billionaire, she was duped. This is a setup. There is a super soldier program going on in this former prison deal. And you end up having, you know, an evil doctor there. He's giving serum to these prisoners who now are super soldiers. And they have Yelena show up to be a test dummy, to be a beta test. Let's see how well these soldiers are going to do against somebody from the Red Room, and it's Yelena, and she goes ham on him and destroys him. While she's doing that, she ends up running into Red Guardian, who's in the prison. He didn't want anything to do with this whole, you know, thing. So he ends up getting broken out. And one of the things that I do like here is 
Yelena mentions the idea that, oh, you know, Black Widow, she's nonsense now. She left Russia. She's now, you know, this thing with the Avengers. She doesn't care. So you do get Yelena being able to cyanide people and snap necks. I mean, you do get all that. And then Red Guardian comes out. And the, the cool thing between her and Red Guardian is there's Yelena. Oh, man, in Russia, we do this. But then Red Guardian comes out and pretty much is like, you don't know what we do in Mother Russia. And he's like way over the top. And she. There's no Mother Rush anymore. There is with me. And there is this dialogue in this where Devin Grayson does write the dialogue in that Ivan Drago, Rocky Four type deal. Yeah, I must break him. You know, you have a lot of that. In Russia, car drive you. Like, you know, and it makes me giggle. It's not a great read that way, but it does make me giggle, and you do get the tone and the whole Russian deal. But when Red Guardian comes out, who has not much to do, he does make me laugh that he's so over the top, right? So he gets there, he gets his boomerang, the Russian boomerang, and ends up you know, killing a bunch of guards and then telling Yelena, you go in Quinjet, fly back to Guy, kill him. He's better than that. But she goes and goes off, seemingly leaving. Red Guardian, because he's such a badass, just walk home from Antarctica. He's hitching or something. But when Elena goes back, she goes to this billionaire. Hey, I'm going to get him. Goes to a fundraiser that he's at. All these people keep coming up to him. Oh, man, I can't believe that you gave me that endowment. Oh, my. You ended up donating $50 million to my charity. And he's like, what? What's going on? What Elena did was to get back at him is go and hack into his bank accounts, ending up using that to put the money in good things so that this guy cannot go and say, whoa, 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 I didn't do that because now he looks like a real piece of crap. So he's stuck. He's broke. But now he's going to end up being famous as the most charitable guy ever. That's her way to get back at it. And then you end with Red Guardian just, like I said, walking out of Antarctica after he destroyed the facility. Nonsense. But it looks okay. It's just there's not anything to this that I can say. You got to read this if you're a Red Guardian fan. You got to read this if you're a Yelena Blova fan. You just, if you have a couple extra bucks and you just want it, but I don't think that this is a memorable story that you'll ever go back to. So if I was to say what I would do is you just wait until it hits Marvel Unlimited. If you have that, check it out, see if you like it. But with that, I'm, I'm going to give it a six because I do like the art. There's a lot of fight scenes in this, you know, but I do like the art. But with that, I'm going to go off. And go to some ads. We're going to have some ads, I believe, inserted here. I don't know how this stuff works. I really don't. I'll admit it. Because uh, I end up, like, at points I'll go and listen to see how the sound quality is. And the ads are jammed in some other place. It always drives me nuts. But supposedly, we'll go off to some ads. And then I'll be back with a couple books to end all this. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back, and we're going to go through Venom number 30 here. This is written by Donnie Cates with art by Luke Ross. It's the finale to the Venom Beyond story that I've liked enough. It's like an Elseworlds multiversal story where Eddie and Dylan got sent into the multiverse and to this earth by virus. And on this earth, 
Eddie is dead, his wife Annie is Venom, and the Dylan of this world is a dictator named Codex, who is taking over the world and making everybody being controlled by symbiotes in a null type of way. This does seem like it's going to have a little bit of tie-ins eventually by the end into the King and Black story. I hope that we do end up seeing Dylan, this Dylan, Codex, now by the end you'll see why, but also Annie in the King and Black story as we go forward. But this is basically going to end this by having Codex, he's big, bad, he's making everybody symbiote control deal, kind of running into his own self, our Dylan. They end up being able to mind meld a little like Spock and see the good and the bad of everything, thus then putting this Codex Dylan into a coma. Now, there's other things involved, but you don't get the real wow moments that I hoped you'd get. You do have the symbiote-controlled Avengers, and then on the side of Eddie and Dylan and Annie, they end up having their symbiote squad themselves, their Venom squad that even involves, you know, Peter Parker. You end up having Carnage. All of these things going on. You also have a crazy, loony Reed Richards who seemingly probably eats his own poop. But, you know, all these things going on never really plays out as much in the wow factor that I thought it would. But we do end up having an ending where... You know, Codex gets defeated. He ends up going into a coma. He releases that symbiotic touch of everybody. They are all okay. And then in the meantime, you end up having Crazy Reed Richards using the tech from Virus's suit that got them there in the first place to able to make a portal to go back to their own world. It takes a while and thus allowing Eddie and Annie to kind of rekindle a relationship, even though it's that weird multiversal deal. And when they leave, they want Annie to come with them. Why don't you come with us? And and this is like a really good thing for Dylan. He never knew his mom, really. So this allows him to have a mother again. But when they go, she says, no, I have to stay. You know, Codex slash my Dylan. He's still in the coma. Maybe he'll wake up one day. And it seems like it's a setup that he will wake up during this King and Black deal. And they'll come in as the Calvary in some sort of issue. And I like that. I like it because I do like the concept of this. I do like the characters. I like the art. A lot of people were down on the story. Now, this ending does force its way to end. It really does. And I wanted something more. I wanted something bigger, especially for the time that we spent leading to it. But it was good enough. And I did like this as an aside. I thought that this was just complete 100% an aside that would give time because that Donny Cates kind of ran out of space in the regular book they're right at the point where they want to go into king and black so we need to you know have a little time wait you know tread some water whatever and it seemed like a little more than that by the end at least so by the end i wasn't that down with this and i think again i think i'm more positive than a lot of people and i'm still going to give it a seven out of ten which is probably in my mind what i think of for the whole entire arc and so i'll, I'll stick with the seven and tell people, if, if you are reading Venom, I think you'll be reading this. It's not exactly the best thing for me to say, hey, if you're not reading Venom, read this. Venom is another one of those books where you kind of have to start from the beginning and, and read everything going. If you're there sitting, I want to read this King of Black. I heard about this null for three, five centuries. I, I need to get to, you know, it's one of those where you might 
just have to start from the beginning and catch up again if if you want the marvel unlimited app and i'm not receiving any sort of money this is not an ad uh it is really good though if if you're one of those people who want to catch up on a bunch of things or or even if you want to dip your toe into something like yeah i want to kind of get into this i hear you talking about some stuff what should i do what should i buy first i'm t- buy the marvel unlimited app first and then just go wild, which is what I do, and I will be doing when I'm done here as I watch the Browns play the Eagles. My son, a Browns fan, which is complete and utter nonsense since we're in the Philadelphia area, but the Eagles just not that great this year. But we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But we're going to go off to the next book, which is A King in Black Time, which is odd with what the book is and the timing of it. And this is Symbiote Spider-Man King in Black number one. Very weird tie-in, but it ends up being wacky fun. So Peter David writing Greg Land on art. And this takes place in the past after Secret Wars where Peter has come back with his symbiote suit. So you have that whole time frame. So how is this going to tie into Null and all these? It seems like it'd be a prequel to what happens in the main deal. Maybe even with Kang involved, you have other wacky stuff as well. But... You end up at Ravencroft Institute where Alistair Smythe is approached by his father who is dead. So he says, I'm not your father. This is just a form that I knew you wouldn't freak out, even though seeing your dead father does kind of freak you out. But saying, you know, basically, I'm the symbiote. I need a host. You're going to be my host. Plus, I'm going to give you this serum, this gas that you're going to put in the vents of Ravencroft. We're going to make a lot of symbiotes here. We're going to have a lot of fun together. And you leave that to go to the moon to see the Watcher get captured by Kang the Conqueror, who then they talk about what it is to, you know, detail and write down your notes. And you end up Kang like, "Ah, I go all over the place, but it's I'm getting tired. And what I need is pretty much the Encyclopedia Britannica set of history and things. And who better to get it from than the Watcher ends up going and getting all the info out of his head and like, oh, this will be great. Now now Kang in my mind is just going to sit on the couch eating bonbons, watching all this instead of going through and all, but ends up even showing the Watcher the future. And this blows his mind, literally, uh, what's going to happen. And it's impossible. I can't say. And also, the person from the future is looking at me. You get a whole null thing here. But Kang's ship blows up. Kang is left just flying and floating through space, then by the end getting picked up by Rocket Raccoon. Uh, This is the thing, wacky, wacky stuff going on. Well, once you end up having Alistair Smythe, who can't walk, but because in a Flash Thompson type of deal with the symbiote now, healed going, he can walk, he's going around, he ends up putting the gas into the vents, all these people working and people there at Ravencroft are now going to be turning into symbiotes as you have both peter and ned Leeds showing up to do an interview with alistair now peter's spidey senses are going crazy but i like this i like the idea where if he's going to ravencroft institute his spidey senses will go a little crazy there's a lot of bad people in there so he's like is this just the normal noise that i usually get or something but it seems like something's wrong but it makes peter hesitate which actually does save him as everybody including ned get turned into symbiotes then attacking peter who gets into the the black suit and starts to attack ending eventually with alistair who is now mr e which you have peter make fun of as well but mr e as the symbiote 
is going with this idea like once he sees Peter in the symbiote Spider-Man costume, it's like, oh, my God, brother, come here. There's a lot of hugs. There's a lot of hugging and a kissing, no fussing and a fighting. You end up where they're and Peter's get away from me and uppercuts him. Kind of like how I grew up with my brother, but really how my kids are now. I have five boys. I don't know that I really go into detail with this on this podcast. I have five boys. We have Thanksgiving coming up, and I know with the shutdown, but most of them still live in the house. So we're safe there. But two don't. Alex and Ethan do not live in the house. Well, they're going to come over. For Thanksgiving, I didn't realize until last week that pretty much they have set up a fight club. They are going to go up in my son Zach's room and they are going to fight it out. They're going to duke it out. They have a whole leaderboard type thing set up. This is like 10 of swords. It's the 10 of kids. And they're going to end up fighting to see who is the toughest. Now, you have an age range of now 14 to 25. This is going to be nuts, and I don't know. Somehow I've been railed in. I'm all for it. I told him. I was yelling at him, listen, I played hockey all my life, and I know what it's like to be punched in the face. That will not shock me, and I don't know if you listening have ever been really punched hard in the face. It's something that will shock you the first time. The first time this happens, it really does like, holy crap. Also, they don't realize how much it hurts your hands to punch somebody. So I think I have the advantage. I don't care if I'm an old man. I'm there. I should get the best odds. And I'm mad because I don't have the best odds. Our son, Zach, who kind of does mixed martial arts, he's got the best odds. But I'm telling you. I'm just going to go out. It's going to be like I'm now in prison in the yard. I'm taking down the biggest guy right away. But you end up having Peter doing that. But then, you know, you have the symbiote very confused. Well, what are you doing? We're on the same side. We serve God. You get this null type deal with that as Peter goes. And there's there's a little deal about how can I punch through and not punch through the symbiotes. And I, I got to not think about it to do it. It, it kind of gets a little wonky with this. But in the middle of this fight, all of a sudden, Peter's dazed. He doesn't know what to do. And a sword comes flying out, and you end up having Black Knight show up. And I already mentioned that at the end, Kang goes with Rocket. There are a lot of wacky characters. And really, in my mind, does feel like a Guardian's book here. By the end, uh, while all this is going on, there's also an eclipse. There's a lot of wacky stuff going on. But there's Peter like, hey, Black Knight, what's going on? Not much. I could probably hang with you. All right, and then you end up with the cliffhanger of Kang going into a spaceship that ends up picking him up, where you have Rocket Raccoon say, welcome aboard the Rack and Ruin number two. I'm the captain and crew. Name's Rocket. Who the hell are you? Cool ending, and just just wacky. Just wacky fun. The art's great, and I know that people get upset with Greg Land because he tends to use specific models for some of his characters that people think, uh, you know, he he should get woke. But the characters like Rocket, Black Knight, they look great. So overall, I'm at a seven for this. I am intrigued. It is something where if if you're going to have a book tying into King and Black, but it's in the past, you have, why not have fun? And this seems like it might be a lot of fun. So I hope it sustains that. But let's keep on the Spider-Man tip. And go to the last book that I will talk about today. And this is Amazing Spider-Man number 53, written by Nick Spencer with art by Mark Bagley. And we're going to continue off of a crazy cliffhanger of Peter almost getting his head ripped off by Kindred, where Kindred killed Peter in a deal because Peter's always making deals. He's like Monty Hall. Let's make a deal where he said... 
get the order of the web, leave them alone, don't make them possessed, and just take me. Just kill me. All right, don't mind if I do. And he ends up ripping Peter's head around, snaps his neck. So he ends up in this issue waking up in this afterlife dreamscape deal that's going to redo the big party of One More Day, where Peter wakes up, you end up having Aunt May, she's alive. Now, it doesn't mean that to Peter here, because he's not aware of this whole deal, but he's going through this and like, hey, Aunt May, what are you doing here? I'm just making breakfast. All right. Well, you got to get to that party, Peter. All right. And you see that Kindred is in this, leading him to this party, leading him to the things. And in the party, you're going to get what we got before. Flash Thompson, he's alive. Oh, my God. There is... My man, Harry Osborne, he's alive and he just came back from Europe where he had rehab because he's a damn druggie. All right. There's Mary Jane. Mary Jane. She keeps walking away. She looks dejected. She leaves the party as Peter's trying to catch up with all of this. Also, as an aside, you have Harry as Kendrick going back to look at his son, things like that. But this is all about one more day. This is all about Peter. This is all about Harry being kindred, which we already know. And this is where my you know, upsetness comes from. We already know the twist. We already had the reveal. Harry is kindred. Peter doesn't know that. He's starting to figure it out. Now, you go through an issue that pretty much redoes the big scene from One More Day to lead to a cliffhanger where kindred resurrects Peter the way he does. He has that. Now, this will have to be explained. And then does reveal himself to Peter by taking off his kindred mask. And it is a mask. The idea of this is Harry is fine underneath. This has all been a dupe. He is not a mummy. He's not a guy who's kind of, you know, dead at that. It's it's Harry. So when he pulls off the mask, it also pulls. You see the teeth were fake. This crazy nose. I'm expecting that those maggots. They they weren't real. When you punch Kindred, maggots go all over the place. He he must have those stored. Disgusting. But you end up having the big cliffhanger of, gotcha, I'm Harry, Peter. I did it. And we know this. Now, Peter doesn't. I understand that. But since the reader knows that, that's not a crazy cliffhanger. Now, you can say it is because it makes you want to read the next issue because what everybody wants is to see the reaction of Peter and, you know, finding out that Kindred's Harry. So so it's kind of it, – it, it suffices for a cliffhanger to get to, oh, man, I got to see the reaction. But as a actual cliffhanger, you're just sitting there and you're like, well, what's the deal? Well, is there another twist? The way this was going on, I thought there was going to be another twist because we know this. And so at the end, I'm like, gotcha. Yeah, you got me. I, I just let's go. Let's get this going. We've been waiting to find out who Kindred was for years. And then when now we find and you're still playing coy with Peter finding out even with an issue that it's revealed here as of the cliffhanger. So overall, I, I was a little down on this. And I, I think that this is an issue better served if you are a longtime Spider-Man fan. I'm not. I have only recently since Fresh Start. Fresh Start started reading Spider-Man. So the one more day, I get it. And it's it's one of those crazy things. This happens a lot with me at Marvel where uh, a book will have a big thing. Immortal Hulk is one of those where big things happen where a long time, oh my God, you got, I'm, I'm kind of looking through the window at it. I, I don't have that emotional connection from reading it back in the day. So when it happens, I understand 
the, the largeness of it. I understand the importance, but I don't have as much of that emotion. So I think that if you do, this issue will be better for you. But for me, and as a storytelling deal of getting to that cliffhanger, gotcha. I'm like, you got me issues ago. I mean, you keep getting me. Let's go. You know, with that, I was a little down. I'm giving it a 6.5. Mark Bagley's art is really, really good, even though it kind of threw me up because Patrick Gleason was last. But with this big issue, I guess they wanted to have Mark Bagley come back and do this big one here. So you get that. The art is is great. Just again, you kind of, oh, Pat, oh, here we go. And so I'll go off and we're going to go off to the LR issue next. We're going to have 53 LR. And I've been saying for a bit now, I have really been down with the LR issues. I hope that that continues. I hope that everything picks up till we get to the end because we only have four more issues left and things have to start moving here, especially with Norman and Mary Jane going to find, you know, Harry and try to convince him of things. I think that it's going to be one of those things with Normie as well. So we'll see how this all ties in and ties around and whatnot. But that's it. That's the end of the podcast. I hope everybody enjoyed it. If you like this quick run through of most of the books of the week and if you want it more of an in-depth bit of coverage you can go off to our regular feed the weird science marvel comics podcast where i am joined by brandon i'm joined by ruben and i'm joined by clay and three separate things and matt actually i forgot matt with the stars three separate uh podcasts where we end up having the regular books the regular just marvel books on wednesday we have the star wars books on saturday and the x-men books on Monday. So please check those out. Just look up Weird Science Marvel Comics. Also remember, if you want to follow us on Twitter, WS Marvel Comics, and I will definitely follow you back. And just as another aside, you can go to the Weird Science Comics channel on YouTube and check out YouTube reviews as well. So thanks, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this, and I'll talk to you next week. Two years and he's still not